Hello and welcome to another episode of Storytime with David. I'm your host, Dave. <clears throat> and it's a new year. And I'll just do a quick one here because I just want to keep the momentum a rolling. And I'm not sick anymore. So I can't do the really good, annoying Jew voice. We'll have to save that for the next time I'm sick. I'm actually excited now to get sick. If only for that. Because it's just a lot of fun. It's a great voice. Taking a sip of water early. Not exactly sure what I want to talk about. I did tell you that I would I would explain the story of Leo Frank. So maybe I'll do that. It won't take long. But I did want to start by saying um, that last night, the best part... I, we just took it easy. Me and Laura, we just hung out at her place. We just ate some mushrooms and just kind of chilled into the new year. <laughs> and um, we we turned on, you know, we were watching some documentary and then a few minutes before the ball dropped, we, we put on, uh, you know, CNN for Anderson Cooper and uh, the other guy who weren't, like, allowed to booze this year or something. I don't know. I guess they were a little too rambunctious last year, so they didn't let them drink this time. So they just looked a little coked out. And um, it was so funny because the funniest moment happened about 15 to 17 minutes after the ball dropped, and they're interviewing the old guy from Succession. I don't know his name. He's some Scottish guy. Great actor, really loved the show Succession. He's the father. And they're interviewing him and they're talking. And at one point, and this is what's funny about it, is like Anderson Cooper's so Mockingbird. He's such a good Mockingbird. If you know what Operation Mockingbird is, you probably know what that is. So I'm not going to explain it, but you could Google it if you have to. He's so, he's such a good Mockingbird that he can't, even on, <laughs> even on, New Year's Eve, he can't resist. They're talking about, because you know how actors are. They have to like bring up some injustice that's going on in the world when they're being interviewed about anything. So they could be talking about the New Year festivities. Oh, this is how we did it in the old country in Ireland. And, you know, this is uh, some of, and it was, like, was kind of nice. And he's just telling them some of the, um, you know, Irish people like rhymes and stuff. So he's just telling them some of that shit. And it, it was fine. It was just, it was fine. It was slightly awkward as these things are. And he, he goes, I just want to say, you know, my wife is, is half Iranian. And I want to say that, you know, we stand with the people of Iran, the protesters. We stand with the women of Iran and Anderson Cooper and it's ridiculous you gotta look up the video because it's so funny I'll, let me try to find it right now okay I can't find it I don't think it's up on YouTube yet but it's the guy's name is Brian Cox he's the guy from Succession and they're interviewing him and he brings up this Iran thing and Anderson Cooper's just like you know <laughs> he's just like you know, you have to give them so much credit to these protesters in the face of hangings. And, you know, 
the other guy, the other host, and Brian Cox are like, yeah, yeah, it's so true. They're so brave. And Anderson Cooper's just like, you know, the way they hang people. <laughs> me, and, me and Lauren were like, oh, my God, what's going on right now? He's like, you know, the way they, the way they hang people in Iran is, is they actually tie the rope around their neck and lift them. So instead of breaking their neck, they suffocate to death. He's saying this on the New Year's Eve broadcast. You got to find it when it's up. I mean, it was just last night, like, so it's not up yet, but it's just so ridiculous. Like, he can't even for, even just for one night, like, Anderson, can you not do that? Like, can you not engage in, like, our regime change rhetoric for, like, a few hours? Can you just chill? Can you relax? And he did so good. And I guess he did make it through the ball dropping. And then after the ball drop, you know, 15 minutes later, he's like, you know, in Iran, they hang people in a way that makes them suffocate. So there's way more suffering. So we stand with the people of Iran. Crazy. And you know what's funny, too? They mentioned Afghanistan. They're like, yeah, that's what's going on there is also terrible. But you know what they never mention? Saudi Arabia. Curious, isn't it? Does anyone really think that women are treated better in Saudi Arabia than in Iran? I would argue that it's perhaps that women are treated worse in Saudi Arabia. They, <clears throat> When you think of the stereotypical, like, what you'd be looking at, if you're just walking around Saudi Arabia, there's more like niqabs, I think that's what it's called, than just hijabs. Like, in Iran, it's more hijabs, which is the scarf that you wear around your head. But a niqab is like the thing where there's just a slit for your eyes, and it's just that black getup. That's more of like a Saudi thing. So, they don't really care. They're like, oh, no, those are good Muslims. We don't really mind them. They could treat women however the fuck they want. We don't give a shit. But not these Iranians. We really don't like them. Because Israel doesn't like them. And Saudi Arabia doesn't like them. Those are their enemies. That's real. That's where the real beef is over there. I just thought that was so funny. That Anderson Cooper, he just like can't uh, escape the programming. He's just like, oh, and you know, another thing about those Iranians is they suffocate people when they hang them. It's not like the good kind of humane hanging where they snap their neck and die immediately. It's the kind where they suffocate so there's way more suffering. Happy New Year, everyone. So good, dude. I love it. So, um, the other thing that was going on is all month, I had a gallery that I was doing on my Instagram story. So, I just said, like, at the beginning of the month, for whatever reason, I was I was on my phone and I I. Maybe I was on Twitter or something. I stumbled across a picture of Kim Jong-un laughing. And it occurred to me that he's very cute. And I was like, wow, isn't it so odd like that you can look at a picture of a man like Kim Jong-un knowing everything you know about him, the way he treats his people, all the things that he's done. You can still look at a picture of him smiling and laughing and be like, wow, he's so cute. And I thought to myself, like, I wonder what other heinous dictators look like laughing and if there's even pictures of them. And I started 
compiling this little gal gallery of laughing dictators. And then I said at the beginning of December, I just said on my Instagram story, I said, I'm going to do this gallery. I'm just going to call it laughter. And it's just going to be pictures of dictators laughing. And mostly it was dictators. But I also would throw in like Bill Clinton laughing or like Ronald Reagan laughing. Like I threw in some American leaders as well. George Bush laughing, you know, I threw in that stuff too, but it was mostly, you know, whatever, just the most famous dictators I could think of, like Gaddafi and Saddam Hussein and Idi Amin and all these guys. <clears throat> and it was fun. And obviously at some point I was going to show a picture of Hitler laughing. Like I waited all month to do it. Because I wanted to see, and the reason also that I, I decided to do it was because they had lifted my, my shadow ban. On around the same day, I started sharing these photos. And I started with Kim Jong-un. And I shared a few photos of Kim Jong-un, and I noticed all of a sudden that the number of people who were seeing my story was significantly higher than it had been. Because it had gotten to a laughable place, my shadow ban had gotten to a laughable place where I was getting literally three views for all of my posts. Because in the past, they had shadow banned me and things had gone down to maybe like 30 people would see it or 40 people would see it. But they had throttled it so hard that they were like, no, you three people can see it. It was like, these people I don't even talk to from high school. It was three of them, basically. That was it. A few others would occasionally see it and it would go up to like six or seven, but it was never even in double digits. So I was like, whatever, I would continue to share stuff occasionally, but not nearly as much as I had been doing. So around the same day that I started doing this, I noticed, oh my God, my shadow ban's been lifted. And I was finally back to like regular numbers, like over a hundred views, not much, but Enough where you're like, cool, okay, that's better. You know, it's a lot better than like six people having like 150 people view your story instead of six. Sip water. So I was like, okay, this will be a fun thing. I'll, I'll do this gallery. It'll be a little different because usually I'm just like trolling or sharing memes and stuff. So I thought this is unique and I'll just, without commentary share pictures of dictators laughing just a couple a day. I would do like two or three a day. And there were, and as we would learn lessons as the month went along, as we would learn lessons, I would report back on those lessons. And like one that I alluded to already is something that I discovered is that Asian dictators, like by the middle of the month, I think we all had learned anyone who was following it, that Asian dictators, particularly Chinese and Korean, who have a certain um, phenotype. They have a certain look that is specific to Chinese and Korean. That does not apply to, say, people from the Philippines or Japanese people. They look different. But Chinese and Korean, so I said, if anything, we've learned so far, indisputably, that Asian dictators are adorable. And because you can even go to Mao, who Mao is the most infamous of the Asian dictators. And his body count is immeasurable, if that's true. 
And I am, um, based on my understanding, I think it is true. Because communists will tell you that, like, Stalin and Mao didn't really kill a lot of people. And I don't think they're right. But I'm open to the idea that it's possible that they're correct. And that these numbers have been blown out of proportion. But, at least with Mao, you're dealing with, like, a 30 to 60 million range. You know, depending on uh, who's doing the analysis. It's a lot of people. So you look at a guy like Mao and you're like, how could he possibly be so cute? And then you look at pictures of him laughing and he's got these cute chubby cheeks. And that's a distinct feature of the Asian dictator because it's also shared by Kim Jong-un, these chubby cheeks. And they're really just cute. And, you know, say what you will about Mao. And we, you know... I think we all can say that what he did to all of those people was wrong. And I think we can all agree on that. And I'm not trying to dispute that whatsoever. But I think also at the same time, we can acknowledge that when you look at a picture of Mao laughing, it's very pure. And it's probably not, it's probably a man who didn't do a lot of laughing. He was a serious man in a serious position constantly dealing with people trying to stab him in the back you know trying to bring move his country forward you know and we we can disagree about the means by which he chose to accomplish that task but it is undeniable that when you look at that man's eyes as he laughs it is a pure laugh it is pure joy and it's so cute and he's so cute in a way that you know that like Gaddafi is not cute when he's laughing. Stalin is not cute when he's laughing, but there is something endearing about Stalin in laughter. <laughs> so I did this for the whole month and, uh, you know, it was fine and people thought it was funny. So I got good feedback mostly. And I was surprised that I wasn't getting shadow banned again because I'm showing pictures of laughing dictators, like the worst people of the last hundred years. I'm showing pictures of them laughing and I had been banned for far less in the past or like shadow banned and Instagram like didn't even take the photos down so I could share a picture of Stalin heartily laughing and Instagram was like that's fine that's totally fine the first time we ran into um the first time taking a sip that there was um some pushback was when I shared a, a picture of of Goebbels, Joseph Goebbels, laughing. And he is creepy. Like, even when he's laughing, he looks like a creepy guy. And I think even in my um, research and learning and, uh, you know, learning from revisionist historians such as David Irving, there's no defense of uh, Goebbels. Like, he really was a piece of shit. And he really, really sincerely hated Jews. And it did seem like he wanted to liquidate them. So there's not that's not controversial in any way. There are other aspects of World War II which are subject to revisionism where you get a different story. And then you have to make up for yourself. You have to decide for yourself what you think is the more reliable historical interpretation. But with Goebbels, there's not, there's not a defense of Goebbels. Like... Everyone agrees 
that he it was really awful. So I had no problem with it because Instagram all like pretty much immediately I posted him laughing and Instagram was like this is being removed. So it was removed and I and I reported on it. And I said for the first time folks, we've had a picture removed and it was interesting because most people if you showed them a picture of Goebbels, they wouldn't know who that is. There are certain uh, people who are like unmistakable, even like someone who really doesn't know shit probably knows what Stalin looks like. Although a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't know what he looked like, but (sighs) like I did a picture of Saddam Hussein laughing. Most people know who that is. I did a picture of FDR laughing. Most people know who FDR is. Most people know who Kim Jong-un is when I share that picture. They know who that is. But Goebbels, no one would know. No one would have known who that is. Because on that same day, I posted a picture as well of Joseph McCarthy, American hero. Um, and I posted him laughing, and I said, I, I'd be su- I, I said, I'd be surprised if any of you could name this man. And no one was able to name that man. I didn't know what he looked like before I looked him up, so I'm not trying to be uh, superior here. So anyway, the month went on, and the only the only problem was Goebbels that that had to be removed. That Instagram just automatically removed it. Okay, that's fine. We're moving forward. And I was warning people. I was warning people in the lead-up. I said, listen, I know who you're expecting, and I know who you're waiting for. And he will be here, but at the end of the month. Because I said, I want to at least have one month under my belt outside of the shadow ban and if i have to get shadow banned again i'll do it this way but i want to do it at the end of the month i want to get a whole month in before i'm back on the naughty list so just allow me to do that because people were like come on share him share Dolph. come on share the picture share Dolph laughing and i was like all right yo take it easy because like i'm totally gonna get in trouble for that so i I waited, and then at the end of the month, I did finally do three pictures of Dolph. The first two were fine, and they got posted fine. But the last one, Instagram automatically took it down. Okay, that's fine, whatever. And I was like, okay, that's the end of the month. That's the end of the gallery. Like, that's how we finish strong. Like, we finish with the most infamous of them. I'm, of course, going to end it with Hitler. Like, I was amazed that people were, no one, like, people thought it was funny. One of my Jewish friends was like, because at the end of it, I said, thank you guys so much for participating in my gallery, and I hope you enjoyed it. And my one friend who's Jewish, who was the only Jewish response I received directly, he was like, thank you for letting us be a part of it. And he also said, I'm amazed that uh, you're not shadow banned again after that latest post. And I said, that makes two of us. I'm stunned because they didn't do it. They didn't shadow ban me again. But all of a sudden, I get a text from my dad and he goes, did you just share a picture of Hitler? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, what do you mean? I said, how'd you find out about that? Well, someone, someone in my family was so perturbed by this that they they tattletailed on me to my sister and my dad. So 
my dad's texting me and I'm like, oh, God damn it, dude. And, you know, my family, like a lot of them are these traumatized Jews who like I kind of explained that like two episodes ago. It's not really their fault. It's like the media does a fine job of traumatizing black people and Jews for using ancestral and historical trauma to try to make people relive. It's like my parents kept telling me, as I I think I mentioned, they said, you got to watch this Ken Burns documentary about the Holocaust. You got to watch this Ken Burns documentary. We watched it. It's like a seven part documentary. And there's lots of like videos and stuff. And it's like videos of like emaciated people in concentration camps. And I'm like, guys, I don't, I'm not interested in watching that. I don't think it's good for you to watch that. And I'm like, I get the whole never again thing. I get the whole don't forget. I understand that. And people won't, okay? I mean, they will eventually, as everything eventually is forgotten. But not for a long time. And it's nothing really to worry about. But they are really insistent on continually reliving it in a weird way where it's almost there's some degree of like masochism going on. I think in the same way that like the white liberals like to be told how they're the white devil. I think it's a little different. And these things are all distinct, like the way they do it with black people, as I also mentioned in the past, is like with black people, they're like, doesn't this make you angry? Doesn't this make you mad? They try to make black people angry um, the way that they use that trauma on them. But with Jews, the way they use it is they go, doesn't this make you scared? Doesn't this make you afraid for your life? Doesn't this make you afraid that it could happen again? And it gives them... it gives them this, like, there's this power that is held over them. And it's like Voldemort. And it seems like it's gotten actually worse more recently. And especially, like, post-Trump, they made it worse. They really, to the point where, in the context of what I was doing, which was just like, here's this gallery. Here's this gallery of dictators laughing i'm not really even trying to say anything by it i didn't really have a message like if anything my message the funny part was me being like how cute are these asian dictators that was the extent of the funny but the rest of it was just being like isn't this interesting like i just found it interesting looking at dictators laughing knowing what you know about them if you know who they are and seeing them in moments of joy And it just, it's thought provoking. I find it thought provoking. I find it very interesting. So that's why I was sharing it. It's like, you don't have to watch it if you don't like it. But the other part is like, the person who I upset, who who tattled on me, was seeing what I was doing. So it wasn't like they just popped in for that last day where they saw the, the two pictures of Dolph and they got all upset by it. They knew the context of what I was doing. That's why I was, uh, I was disappointed. That's why I was disappointed. Because I was like, what do you think I wasn't going to post him eventually? Like, of course he was going to be. You're not going to do a gallery of laughing dictators and not include the most infamous dictator of all. Of course you're going to include him. And I'm like, you know, you didn't really have a problem with it when I was sharing Stalin. And if you believe the, um, if you believe the, you know, the um, accepted narrative about what happened, 
in the Soviet Union under Stalin's watch, then you have to know, you should know, that there were a lot of executions of ethnic Jews. But you don't have a problem with that guy because there's no trauma there. They didn't traumatize you with his likeness. But I was like, it was just interesting to see like the power that is held over a traumatized person where like just seeing his image is enough for this person to be like, this time you've gone too far. And I'm like, dude, come on. I made jokes about, I made jokes where I deny the Holocaust. And this person, my family member, thinks that's funny. He did admit to me, he was like, okay, that's pretty funny. Because I explained why it's funny. And he understood. And I did mention that when we did the Yay episode and I was talking about trolling and like, where that ultimately leads if you're going to be like doing really like taboo is an understatement comedy if you're going to do like controversial comedy if you really like to go there there's a certain point where inevitably you're going to be doing things like making jokes denying the holocaust but obviously they're jokes so That was the funny part that I had even gotten him to an understanding where he was like, oh, that's what you're doing. I understand that. Okay, that's funny. But even with this person, it was just a matter of me just sharing these pictures in a context where it's totally appropriate, like that he would appear at some point. And this person was so perturbed that he tattled on, I mean, my parents. So I had this text from my dad, like, are you sharing pictures of Hitler? And then I'm like, I explained it to my dad and he called me, my dad, he called me and, um, you know, everyone knows how to, most people, hopefully, you know, once you're in your adulthood, you know how to deal with your parents. And, um, you know, so my dad called me and I just explained to him basically exactly what I just said to you. And I said, dad, like I've been doing this gallery all month and, uh, I've been sharing pictures of laughing dictators. I told him about the chubby cheeks with Mao. He was like, that's really funny. My dad was like, that's very funny. So even my dad understood. He was like, okay, well, I kind of get it. He's like, I'd rather you didn't do that. You know, he's like, I'd still prefer. I said, dad, it's a one and done. It was one day. It was one month. It was one day of the one month where I was doing this gallery. It's over now. It's like, don't worry. I had to like block my cousins who I thought like, there's certain people that you have to like block from seeing your stuff that you post. I don't know if you deal with this the way that I do, but there are certain people and it's not just my family. It's just like, there's people in my life and I don't want them to see the things that I post, but there are also people in my family that I'm like, they can handle this. They're, they're adults. Like they're, they're mature adults and they understand what I'm trying to do. Or I thought they did. And, um, so I had to block them too now. So I was like, dad, you like, you won't hear anything else about it. Like I have no plans of, uh, of sharing, uh, Hitler's likeness going forward. And, uh, it really wasn't a big deal to begin with. So my dad was like, okay. And then I was like, you know, dad, I'm going to, I'm going to quit smoking cigarettes, which I am doing for, for New Year's. And then he was just stoked. So it's like, that's how you deal with your parents. Cause he was like, he was mad at me. I could still hear my mom in the background. He can't be doing that kind of thing. He can't be doing, I was like, you know, dad, I'm, uh, I'm quitting 
cigarettes. And he was like, that is great. He's like, I am so proud of you. <laughs> so it's like, all right, we're good. We're good. We're good. Move on. Move forward. We will move forward. So that's, but that's what I was dealing with. I mean, it's just silly. Like, what's the point? I don't know. It's like these people, <clears throat> I can't have much sympathy for them getting so perturbed about me sharing things in a certain context where I'm like doing a bit. It's just a joke. You don't have to look at it because I had to deal with all their shit throughout all of this COVID nonsense. And I was like the black sheep of the family. I can't believe Dave. He doesn't care about other people. He's not vaccinated. And I had to deal with like this family drama where I'm like the, uh, which I was, you know, like at times in the past, I had gotten in trouble for things that I say comedically. But then this was a whole different thing. Like, I can't believe this. This is like unacceptable. I, I, I you know, and I had to deal with that, all that bullshit. So I don't like feel bad. I'm like, I'm sorry, but you know, you didn't hold me down. You, you thought, you know, and I was right and you'll never admit it and you'll never admit it. So it's like, it's fine. And it, they'll probably be fine. Realistically. And you know how things get when you don't see people and they probably have this characterized version of who I am and that I'm, uh, you know, an anti-Semitic, whatever, uh, radicalized person. But then if they saw me and I'm very nice because I'm, I'm a nice guy, like it's just how I am. I like being nice. It's, it makes me happy. I like being nice to people. So then they'd be like, oh, OK, he's not like a radicalized like I'm like, I'm just very well, I guess that's a. Uh, because depending on what we're talking about, it's like, and if we step outside of the whole Judaism thing, if we're just talking about like regular viewpoints, it's like many of us are are very moderate in our positions. It's just taken as radical or, or bigoted or what have you, because that's like how warped the cultures become, where just like very moderate positions, like when it comes to things like LGBTQ related, LGBTQIAK9 related, and that, and again, I used to say that as a joke, the canine part at the end, like dogs, but that's a thing now. These people wear doggy costumes and they go out to brunch in public, in restaurants, wearing these weird bondage doggy masks and they lick at their food like dogs. Okay, and I'm of the moderate position that that is not acceptable behavior in public. It's not acceptable, and I, I don't like, I don't support it or condone it. I, I am actually actively against that kind of thing, and I think it's wrong. <laughs> and that's moderate. That's moderate, you know, but it's not because that's bigoted and hateful, but it's moderate. Keep that in mind. You know, don't let them bully you into thinking that your thoughts are so radical and so you know, they've, they've shifted things and put brackets around it. They put a bracket on the left and they put a bracket on the right. And they say, you have to, your opinion needs to be within this bracket. But on certain topics, any opinion within that bracket is an insane opinion. And in order to have a moderate, reasonable opinion, you have to be outside of that bracket. And this is like on many issues. 
by so so your moderate position is radical. You understand? But but don't forget that it's moderate. Don't forget that it's it's a perfectly reasonable thing to think. And I always tell you to do this, and I'm like almost done with Brothers uh, Karamazov, which is like such a good book. And read Dostoevsky, but read anyone from like the 1800s or the 1900s, even like the mid-1900s. Just read people from like a while ago, at least a few decades. Watch a movie from the 90s even. Watch a movie from the 90s and see how different things were and realize, you know, It'll, it'll give you perspective. It'll give you a better perspective. You'll probably feel a little less confused and a little less alone in the way that you think about things because you're like, wait a minute. This was a totally reasonable thing to think not that long ago, especially big picture. If you're talking big picture, we're not talking thousands of years ago. If you're looking big picture and you're talking about 150 years ago, that's not long ago. <coughs> So, you, like, for example, I was talking to my mom. Like, when I talk to my mom, and I, I'll, I'll sometimes, like, mention that America is a Christian nation. And that's something that liberals get really upset by. And they're like, no, it's not a Christian nation. What do you mean? America is not a Christian nation. But when you read uh, people writing about America in, like, the 1800s, 1900s. It's just a given that America is a Christian nation. That's not a controversial thing to say whatsoever. Not just America, but other nations as well. But particularly America, it's like, it's a Christian nation. There's no like, well, I think it's a Christian nation. It's not like that. There's no debate. It just is acknowledged for what it is, which is a Christian nation. But now if you say that, people take issue with it because everyone's an atheist. But these are this is just it's just a true reasonable moderate thing to say it's not like a hateful thing to say you're just acknowledging reality and that's okay you're allowed to acknowledge reality i'm with you you have my support if that if that sweetens the deal at all it probably doesn't so i don't know i guess in conclusion i'll just I'll just touch on briefly that there was internet beef between Andrew Tate and Greta Thutenberg. And they, they went at it, you know, beefing back and forth, tweeting left and right. I think there was only like two tweets exchanged. but And then uh, Andrew Tate got arrested for, for like trafficking uh, women. Which is great, and we, we do like that. If someone's trafficking women, or anyone for that matter, and they get arrested, it's a good thing. I mean, obviously there's a uh, process of proving whether or not that person was doing that thing, but we want to see that through. Okay, we don't want to lynch someone unless, unless it's pretty clear that they're a child rapist, to bring us back to the Leo Frank example. But otherwise, we don't want lynchings. So, you know... He'll go to court and we'll see what happens there. But what was annoying about it is there were grown adults who were like Greta stands over this. They were like, Greta burned him so bad and now he's getting arrested. We love Greta. We love Greta. And some of these were grown men saying these things. And 
what you what you got to know, what you got to understand, and I was explaining this to Lauren, we were talking about it, because neither of us really like Greta or Andrew Tate, especially not Andrew Tate. But we're just like, if you like view Greta as a hero and you're an adult, and you, especially if you're a grown man, particularly, or if you are a grown man and you view Andrew Tate as a hero, you're, both of those st stances are pathetic. And you should reassess many things about yourself, the way you think about things. Andrew Tate is a scam artist who's trying to teach you all these wrong things about how to be a man. And it's easy for him to dupe. And his he's got a lot of overlap with like the Jordan Peterson audience. And I feel bad, <laughs> just as an aside, I feel bad for people who found Jordan like post-Benzo addiction because he's just a shell of himself and he's really annoying. And I tweeted like, you either die from your benzo addiction or you live long enough to see yourself become really cringe because that's what happened with jordan and he was always a little bit cringe because he's too serious he never had a sense of humor but now he's even more angry and embarrassing so you got to be able to like don't idolize any of these people like if you idolize tate and it turns out that he really was trafficking women and doing all these terrible things to women then Look, what, a, what a fool you are for having believed in this man. And then probably you'll end up doubling down and being like, well, it, he was just being a real man and treating those women the way that women want to be treated. You'd probably say something like that. And it's the same with, you know, it's the same with Jordan. It's like, I know, I get it, man. You know, he helped me out when I needed him back in like 2016 or whatever it was. I needed some guidance and I got it from Jordan. I appreciate him for that. At this point, I don't defend Jordan. He's not an idol of mine. I don't really look up to him. It's kind of sad whenever I look at what he's doing. It's kind of sad, you know? Sure, from time to time, he might say something agreeable, but most of the time, it's just pretty sad at this point. And I kind of just look away because I just don't want to see that. I liked Sam Harris at some point. Same thing with him. I thought Sam, like when I was a lib and an atheist, I thought Sam Harris was really smart. Not only did my opinions change, but I can still respect someone who has differing opinions than me, but I can't respect Sam because of what, what has become of him. And it's the same thing as Jordan. It's just like, you have to look away because you're like, it's really pathetic what's become of them. It's really terrible. And that's okay. And maybe you liked someone and now they're terrible and they suck. And you can admit that to yourself. And you can admit that, it, you know, Greta is, a, is the climate retard. And you can admit that she she's an idiot. And, um, you know, it's okay. You can hate Andrew Tate and think Greta is the climate retard. And you, everything can be happy. And you, you, can, you can be this person. You can be this person. Anyway, I'm glad I at least got like 40 minutes out. And that we're just keeping this rolling. We're keeping some momentum going. It's not like a month or two between episodes. We're just keeping it moving. I didn't tell you the story about Leo Frank. And maybe I never will. But, uh, you know, thanks for listening. And let's all have a really wonderful year this year in 2023. There's no meaningful elections. So 
you know, we don't have to be all stressed out or anything. And who knows, maybe it won't be that bad of a year, but I kind of doubt it. I mean, personally, for us personally, it can be a good year. I'm talking about for society. It'll probably continue to degrade. You'll see more and more dogs when you go to brunch. And I'm talking about people behaving like dogs. You'll probably see a lot more of that. And that's truly unfortunate. And, um, you know, I don't know how far things will have to fall before they finally start to rise again. But we're all going to experience it together and see where this goes. So thank you for listening, and I love you so much. Take care.